Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 253 of Sack King's Therapy. Um, I am coming to you right after the Kings beat the Orlando Magic for a much-needed win. In fact, it almost felt like there was a lot of pent-up frustration. And in a way, it kind of came out during this game, kind of, just because the Kings actually blew them out, too. And they kind of needed this one, and I'll get into it. But before we get into it, uh, no Fong today. Uh, no Fong for the next few episodes, um, because he, unfortunately, is going to be busy. So no episodes from him. And no, this is not because I am angry at him for the Laker game. Uh, we were, For those of you that actually listened to it, we were both exhausted and, uh, let's be honest, angry, which gave us, you know, the bad juju, the bad energy. So not, not our greatest performances. Do apologize for uh, those that actually listened to that one and did not like those episodes or did not like that episode. It was coming after a very frustrating loss, and I had an incredibly long day before that. I had been driving from the Bay Area basically since the morning that day, and I just came back, or I just got back um, from the Bay what was it at like what seven or like eight o'clock? And you know, being me, being very, being you know how much I love Kings basketball, you know, I got I got home and got right on right at the Kings game, and luckily it started right at the second half, which was perfect. So, um, anyways, yeah, that's how, and then you know to come back to that garbage that we watched. So the, a little angry. I hope you understand. But um, yeah, Fong will be gone the next few uh, episodes. He will be back soon. I don't actually have an exact date, but he will be back. So, and no, we did not get into a fight. Don't worry. He, he is still very, very much welcome. And you will hear him again at some point. Anyways, um, before we actually even get into the game. So, before this game happened, unfortunately, uh, just just really, really unfortunate. But Chima Moneki has been waived um, by the Sacramento Kings. Um, they needed to open up a 15 roster spot um, just to, just to add a little flexibility. They ended up using that um, that roster spot to sign a PJ Dozier. Um, yeah, really sad that uh, Chima Moneki um, was waived. I, I was really hoping, like you know, at some point, like maybe later on this year, like they could actually bring him on, like bring him onto the main roster and just have have a little bit of a run. You know, he had been kind of playing decently well in Stockton, as far as I know. And, you know, he, he could have been an interesting project. He he is a winner. Now, he he is a 6'5 power forward um, that can't shoot. So it always would have been tricky. But he's a smart player. And I was hoping, like, they could figure out how to fit him in. Hell, maybe, like, the, the, the Kings, like, officially sign him to Stockton instead. Maybe they'll do something like that. But... You know, hope for him for the best in his future endeavors. He has a website. It's linked. If you go to his, um, if you go to his uh, Instagram, there is a link in his bio that you can click to basically go to his website. He has a really cool shirt that says uh, "Nobody's Perfect" or "I'm a Nobody and Nobody's Perfect," which I think is a interesting saying. So you know, support support him. He was real. He was really fun while he was here. Like he did interviews all over the place. I heard he was a great vibe in the locker room, just an overall great dude. So, you know, definitely a guy you love rooting for. It's really sad to have to see him go. But, you know, maybe he finds his way back at some point. I really I really did enjoy him. I thought he had something. But, you know, it was, it was going to be hard to fit him onto the team. But, you know, I still wanted to see it. But it is what it is sometimes. You know, hopefully the best in his future endeavors. I am going to order a shirt. Uh, anyways, 
Um, Della Vadova and KZ's um, contracts are now guaranteed. Now, they could still, I think, theoretically be waived or traded, but their contracts are, are guaranteed now. The deadline has passed, so they will earn the rest of their salary for the rest of the season. So there's that. Okay, let's get into the game. So it, this in this game, <laughs> the Kings, they went lights out from three. They broke the franchise record from three-point land. They ended up hitting 23 threes. They shot 46, so exactly 50% from three. And that was basically the game. They came out strong um, against Orlando. They came out and punched first, scored 41 in the first quarter. And basically for the rest of the game, Orlando just never was able to really come back from that. You know, they they had some scary runs and the Kings looked like they were going to look like they were actually going to blow the lead at, at a certain point because, you know, this team, let's be honest, they've been they've been going through the ringer and, you know, we no, at least I didn't have the confidence that they'd be able to kind of dig themselves out of that hole. Um, Magic basically just went to a zone and essentially dared the Kings to shoot more threes, which was weird. The Kings actually didn't hit those threes at that point. That was kind of one of their cold spells, but they were able to weather it, you know, with, you know, some timeouts from Mike Brown to kind of get the team together. And they, they started to kind of figure out the zone that the Magic were playing. And after that, the Magic had nothing. The Magic did like have a have a sec have another kind of surge in the third quarter. Their first surge was in the second quarter, where I think they cut the lead to eight. But then there was a second surge where the lead was as high as I think twenty four at one point. And they managed to cut it down to eleven, and they actually got really hot from three. And, but again, the the classic Mike Brown timeout timeout got everyone organized together, and they were able to weather that storm and. Yeah, the lead got as low as 11, but they basically pushed it right back up by playing their game, you know, hitting big threes, getting ball movement, kind of, kind of like they were going to the rim, but they weren't like crazy, ridiculously successful. But it, the main thing is that they hit their jump shots and Orlando just simply could not withstand all that, all that score. They couldn't keep up. And ultimately, that was basically the game. You know, the Kings needed this kind of win, like, you know. A win like this kind of just prove it's almost that there to make a point that they can be really good when they are playing their style. And in this game, they played their style. They played up tempo, they shot a lot of threes, and they were up and down. And simply the magic could not keep up and kind of just fell into that trap of just, you know, go, you know, going a little too fast. Like Cole Anthony was like one guy that was like, man, uh, that, that, that was a bit of a rough watch. But, you know. The Kings simply took care of business against, I guess, a tanking team. They're almost a little too good to tank in a way. And it's unfortunate their team is devastated by injuries because there is something with this team. Like, you know, they have like really, they have a lot of length, even though they don't even have some of their main guys, like Bo, the, the meme, the, the, the meme, the God, like <laughs> a Bull Bolden play this game. And uh, who, who else? Who Like, I guess RJ Hampton, um, who else was out? Like Chuma Chuma Okiki, like those guys didn't. Okeke, I think it's actually. I actually forgot there, there was a, there was a podcast about this, but anyways, those guys didn't play. But like the the Orlando Magic have so much length with like Paolo, uh, Franz, Markel, Markel, Wendell Carter, Gary Harrison. Yeah, like that is a lot of length on the court. And then off the bench, like they got some really lanky guys and Mo Bamba, Mo Wagner. And like Jalen Suggs, like who's recovering from an injury, like they got some players there. And if they can ever figure it out, like they're gonna be really dangerous. 
And if they can add another top five pick, like watch out. Like if they can add like one of maybe like Asar Thompson or something like that, that's going to be devastating. And let's not forget, Jonathan Isaac may come back at some point. I don't, I don't know. That's a, that's another guy that has a lot of length. They actually they would need shooting. I'm pretty sure they can find someone in the top six or five to, that can shoot. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. But anyways, the Kings, the Kings like did struggle a little bit with that length, but they were ultimately able to figure it out and just you know use their physicality, use their speed to, and of course their shooting to completely neutralize all that. And they absolutely blow out the Orlando Magic. Again, a pretty much a statement game in that, yeah, this game, this team is not going to fall apart. And they they came they came out and took care of business. And they showed that, you know, they're a team trying to gun for the playoffs, and the Magic are not. And they just dominated them. E- easy as that. Um, okay. Let's uh let's let's talk a little bit about um just some of the just some of the individual players. Um, let's start with, let's just go in alpha, well, not the alphabetic order, but in the order of the stat sheet from ESPN. So, Sabonis, so um, 12 points, 10 rebounds and eight assists, doing Sabonis things. There's, there's not much more complicated than that. He did not shoot well around the rim. Like, he did struggle a little bit with that length. He even missed, like, some really weird bunnies. This is one of those weird games. But overall, you know, he is, he is the hub of the offense. He is the best player on the team. And, you know, this team, like, they, they need to kind of, they need to make the most out of every game because, like, he is the guy that's always going to bring it, and it, it basically will never be on him that the team loses because he brings it every single night. Now, he didn't score that much because he didn't need to, but, you know, he he's always getting, you know, double-digit rebounds and almost always gets, like, just under 10 assists. It, like, the triple-double thing, it's... It is whatever, whatever, but like he's always like two assists away, three assists away. Yeah, he's he's a double double machine. He is the fulcrum of this team. He is the heart of this team. Uh Harrison Barnes had just an amazing game. <laughs> like uh, eleven for thirteen. And honestly, should be it should have been twelve for thirteen. Twelve for or like yeah, twelve for twelve because the like two shots he missed. I think he missed the uh, three, if I remember right, and then he missed one shot which should have been a foul but they didn't call it so he just threw it off the backboard but yeah he just had an incredible game he he did his regular slow motion drives where you know he draws the contact and you know finishes or he would just uh or he would just you know like yeah draw the foul and then and then do and then do that and also just for whatever reason this game hit all basically all his threes he missed one he was six for seven from three but yeah, just absolutely unstoppable this game. Just one of those kinds of games. Just had a stroke and, yeah, was just incredible. Like, you know, you want to call him Mr. Reliable, that's up to you. But, like, this is kind of just one of those things where you just wonder, like, why doesn't he make more of his threes? Because his stroke was online this game, and I didn't see anything different from his stroke. He just happened to hit them. It's just one of those weird things. And, you know, if... You know, if the Kings are going to get this HB for just a stretch of games, you're going to win some games because the King, the Kings kind of need, this is a very welcome site. They don't need this as much as they used to, but this is a welcome site because he gets these kinds of plays every single game and it's all on him to kind of cash in like 30 points on, on 13 shots. That's an incredible stat line. Okay. Keegan Murray just had a, just an overall solid game. Like he hit, he was five for six from three. And 
you know, just kind of existed out there, not in a bad way. He basically just played in the flow. You just never really noticed him getting in the way or anything. Like, he doesn't force anything. And, you know, he just existed within the flow and got 15 points. Did ha- did get one of his blocks, the, he did get a get chased down block, I think, by Markel Fultz in transition. That was, like, the only bad thing. But other than that, just an overall solid game. I thought he was, I thought it was good on defense, too. Um, yeah, the, the one thing that, um, was brought to my attention, only three rebounds. You, you want to see him get more rebounds and Harrison Barnes, only one rebound, but they didn't really need it. Cause like the rest, cause like the rest of the team kind of brought it on, on the rebounding end, but you know, would like to see them rebound a little bit more. Now, De'Aaron didn't have a great scoring game. Did it, didn't need it. He was out there to deal. Like he ended up with nine, 11 points and nine assists. Now I've 11 points, like it's whatever the Kings won this game by 25 and it was a 30 point game at one point. So, you know, they didn't need him to score. He was actually really loose this game, like just kind of really nonchalant about it. But I thought he was trying to like set guys up and part of, and part of that, like, you know, him looking to set guys up, it kind of trickled down to the rest of the team where, you know, the, the rest of the team was just moving that ball, making that extra pass, making the right play. And yeah, like I don't mind him playing like this. You know, it's great that he's scoring, you know, double digit points. Like, honestly, he scores more in the fourth than he that he does the entire game this game. But like, you don't want to have to rely on him to score so much. You want to have him to have a game where he can just worry about dealing, worry about getting assists, worry about setting guys up. And that's what he did this game. He found a way to he found a way to impact the game. Now, one thing is like he he only got two rebounds, but I thought there was a there was rebounding intensity from him. He really went after some of the rebounds. And you talk about like it trickling down, like the rest of the team was very good about going for rebounds this game. You know, that was definitely a focus after the Lakers game and where Thomas Bryant just kind of outworked <laughs> the rest of the team. Yeah, they they need they need this kind of energy to, in order to be able to secure wins. And it's good, it's good to see like De'Aaron kind of almost setting that example. Herter had a similar game to kind of Keegan Murray where, you know, he hit some shots early, but for the rest of the game, just kind of played in the flow and in a good way, just existed out there and never really forcing anything. And he was four for eight from three, but honestly, I thought he should have been six for eight because he he missed, he missed some open ones. And, you know, there's always, there's always room for improvement. He just, he just does his thing, doesn't force anything and just plays within the flow. You, you can't really ask for more for, from uh, Kevin or Kayvon, for those of you, you like to call him that. Uh, I thought Trey Lyles was fine, just kind of did his own thing. Did, did hit a few more threes than usual, um, much like everyone else. You know, he's just a solid veteran. You know, you talk about, like, you know, starting lineup outside of Sabonis not rebounding well. Well, he brought it. He got five rebounds. And, you know, he doesn't get that many minutes, but he is out there to produce and just be kind of just a veteran out there. And one of those guys, again, that in a good way just exists out there, plays in the flow, doesn't try to do too much, and just makes the right play. Um now we're talking about making the right play. Chemezi Metsu finally gets minutes, actual minutes. Uh, after The last time he played was January 1st against Memphis, and I believe that was in garbage time. So it's actually even been longer since he's got meaningful minutes. But he picked up right where he left off. Like, he's in the right spot. Like, he's, he's, he's just kind of hangs out around the dunker spot and just gets dunks. That's all he does. And it is the perfect role for him. You know, he like say like I've always criticized him. Like when he gets into his bag, that's when things get like really ugly. But you know, he just existed out there. He was in the right spot for dunks. He was playing with plenty of energy. 
you know, 14 minutes, ended up getting nine rebounds, three offensive rebounds, and held two assists to add to that, and had 11 points. Like, this is this is what the Kings need from him. Just a, an energy guy who comes out there and gets rebounds and just, you know, is in the right spot to make a play. And that's exactly what he did. This is this is the best version of Chemezi Metsu. And that and play doing playing like this will get him more minutes. Casey Alpala, I thought he was fine, like specifically guarding wings, but like he struggled against <laughs> Cole Anthony. Uh he got crossed up, I think, like two, three times by Cole Anthony, who of course stops on a dime and then steps back for a mid-range jumper. He you can concede that shot to Cole Anthony. That's fine. It, it, I just it just stood out to me because I'm not used to seeing him get get crossed up the way he did this game. But it, it is what it is. But I thought he was good on, like, the wings. I thought he did well on, like, Franz, who, again, for, well, I actually haven't talked about it. He didn't really do anything this game. And, you know, putting KZ on him, like, did stymie him a little bit from being, you know, more aggressive than he should have been. So I thought he was fine overall. Uh, however, one thing I will say about KZ this game, this is the first game I've noticed where his lack of abilities to space the floor I, I actually, like, stood out to me. Like, there was one play where, you know, I think Malik drove, and the guy on the weak side rotated completely off of KZ. Malik passes it to him, but he ends up breaking the shot. Like, it was really off. And that was, like, the only time I really noticed that, yeah, if he's not going to hit that shot, if he's not going to get any closer to that shot, that's going to be a problem. But he but he was able to hit a three, um, I think, to end the third quarter. And, you know, like... It's just small sample size, but he does probably need to shoot more of those. And hopefully he's better at it because his defense, I think, is great. And I just wish, you know, the Kings would play him or Mike Brown would play him more. But, you know, just seeing how this game, like, the guys completely sagged off of him. Like, I get it <laughs> to a certain degree. Oh, I forgot to mention, uh, just to go back to Shemezi Metsu, got the defensive player of the game this, this or defensive player of the game chain this this game even though i didn't really think he was great on defense he was all right like he was a he's a switchable wing and he did his job but i think like mike brown really appreciated his rebounding effort again like nine rebounds in 14 minutes that's terrific and that's what you know mike brown's been looking for from a lot of guys okay um there's only one there's only one no i have on adela vadova is that he he hit the 23rd three i 23rd three to break the uh Kings' franchise record. I believe this is his first bucket in, in Golden One Center. I, I might be wrong, but I, I'm I do remember him scoring on the road. I do not remember him scoring on the G1C. Maybe someone should check in on that, but it it, it could only be Delhi with that weird Lonzo ball ass shot. Um okay, Davion just kind of did his thing on de- thing on defense. I thought he he didn't really have a great defensive game. Just because anytime like he started kind of sticking t- to guys, like they would just screen him off, and that's kind of when it opens up penetration. Um, but other than that, I thought he was fine. Like he put pressure on the defense, and or he put pressure um, to to the, to the other team, which was usually Cole Anthony. And you know he he had he had he had a big three to kind of get the Kings back on track. Other than that, just kind of did his thing. Okay, Malik Monk, the last last guy I'll talk about. He was the best. He was be- the best version of himself after missing a game. Like he was attacking the rim. He was setting guys up. He was just a ball of energy out there. Like just constantly hyping guys up. Just all that. Well, all all that flair. Like that you kind of missed in the uh, in the Laker game. Like he he you really notice it. I really notice it now that he now that he had managed to sit a game. Like how much 
how much he lifts the spirit of the team just with kind of his personality and how he hikes guys up. Um, yeah, so kind of just picked up right where he left off. Only thing, I don't like his pull-up threes. He didn't he didn't hit a single one. He was six for eleven and he was 0 for four from three. So just stop taking so many pull-up threes for the love of God. Like you're not hitting them. Go to the rim and you're because you're good at that. Anyways. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the magic. So let's start with uh, Paolo Bencaro. But before we do that, let me take a drink real quick. Ah, tastes great. But uh, yeah, Paolo, he, he's a special player. He's going to be really good. Now, he didn't shoot well this game, but he was definitely the best player on the magic. You definitely felt him when he was out there. And yeah, I thought he was I thought he was overall pretty good. The Kings did sag off of him, essentially daring him to shoot the three. He was two for seven this game, but I thought that was a interesting strategy. Like, I guess they don't want to like let him just get to the rim, which sure, like I guess he's really good. Like he's huge, like is one thing. So yeah, you don't want him to go to the rim too much, but the way they sagged off him, I thought was a teeny bit disrespectful. Um Franz scored 16 points. I don't, I, I remember, I remember like maybe one three and a pull-up jumper um, at the free throw line. I don't remember him being out there, honestly, for a lot of the time. But the times that I did notice him, he he's a, he's a winning player and he's definitely going to be a, he's definitely going to be a key player for them going forward. Just being kind of, that's, what is it? Six, nine, six, 10 guy that can handle the ball and can shoot and can also pass. Like he's going to be good. Like him and Paolo are, are a really good duel, and they probably just need another creator because, like, so far, Paolo is not the greatest creator for others just yet. He's good at it, and like Franz is pretty decent, pretty good at it too. But they need another one, it is kind of just what I see their need to be. Um, Wendell Carter Jr., I almost call him Willie Cauley Stein because uh, WC, WCS, and WCJ, but anyways. Uh, this is weird to say. He has a lot of potential. He's really good. I actually really like him. He's actually really good. Um, he, you know, he is a fifth-year player, but I think he just needs to be a little bit more aggressive on offense. Like, the Kings sagged off of him a lot from during. Granted, he's, I don't think he's a great three-point shooter. Let me just check his uh, stats real quick. He is a shooting 33% this year. And, he, yeah, not, yeah, not really a three-point shooter. But, like, I would like to see him be a little bit more aggressive on that end and just try to, you know, attack attack the uh, defense a little bit more because I think he has the skills to do it. And, you know, he's pretty good on defense. He blocked uh, Sabonis twice this game and, and ended up with three blocks this game. Like, he he's another he's another kind of key piece. Like, you know, could you go, like, the kick, was it the Magic have an unfair, they have a, they have a what's it called? an abundance of of just you know 610 wings <laughs> like you know they have Paolo they have Franz and then they have Wendell Carter at center and then Bol Bol like granted he's kind of more of a wing than anything but like they have so much length going on you know just with their front court that is pretty insane and yeah this treat like they, they have a lot of guys that have a lot of potential and the, the Wendell Carter Jr. if he can kind of figure it out he's gonna be interesting going forward I'll just say that Fultz is another really, really interesting player to me. Like he, it, it's unfortunate that he he just basically lost his ability to shoot, but he is just such a good player. He's like really controlled. He can attack the rim. 
he you know he's really good at like starts and stops and he's a good strong player like at 6-4 can play bully ball a little bit like he can get to the basket but most importantly he is an adult uh he's an adult playmaker like he is the guy that set that sets up the offense initiates the offense and you know will make the right pass when he penetrates just like he's really good at that like really like be able to kind of settle the offense down and honestly if he had just like a reliable three-point shot like he still could be the number one pick but it's, it's unfortunate that happened but like everything else is really good like great handle great pace just really smart basketball iq he is kind of you know an overall just a solid hand to kind of just lead the team he, he's very 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 mike conley to me like just the adult in the room the guy that gets everyone organized and just yeah it's re it's really unfortunate that he just forgot how to shoot basically but he still has like a really good mid-range game going so you know if the if the magic ever become good like honestly before the season i thought they were going to be a lot better just because you know hoping like guys like isaac come back and like folks would start the year and they've been dev devastated by injuries but they got a lot of guys and you know at some point i think they will figure it out um okay th this is uh fun this is just funny to talk about mo wagner is just annoying everything about him just like the way he looks the, the bullshit that he does like he he knows that he looks annoying he knows he looks like he's a he knows what he is he is a pest he is a guy he looks like a, a basketball anime villain basically just something something about his face something about his demeanor just everything about him right and he and he embraces it so i gotta give it to him for that he embraces being annoying he embraces just doing the little sneaky not dirty stuff but like every, but like almost every single play you can see like on a screen he kind of grabs onto a guy subtly does a lot of these annoying little things that you know if, if he's on your team you love him if he's on the other team god he is he he is built to be a villain um cole anthony i, I will say very disappointed by him this game even though i thought he played okay but then i looked at the box score like three for 13 only eight points uh, only one turnover somehow. Um, no, I think one of the. I think that there were a few shots that might as well have been turnovers. But yeah, he was he was like really out of control. He struggled like with the pacing, and just overall disappointed me. Like uh, you know, he played really well against the Kings uh, in the Golden One Center last year. Like he did not miss. So I thought he was like a lot better than he was. But this game, like you got, I got the ugly side of uh, Cole Anthony, just a guy that's a little bit out of control, a guy that's you know just basically only thing he's really good for is like a nice step back jumper every now and then but that's an inefficient shot and yeah just not a good game from cole anthony unfortunately jalen subs disappointing i don't think he was bad he's coming off an injury so i kind of get it but he's not showing much like he's not exactly great from three he struggles to finish around the rim i imagine he will figure it out at some point but at this point like it's interesting what's going on with him hopefully he just is able to get healthy because I, I thought the I thought like Orlando you know snuck out like thieves last year's draft by getting him at five because Toronto took Scotty Barnes but you know maybe he'll figure it out I, I don't know uh last guy I'll quickly just quickly mention he didn't really do much at all like Mo Bamba disappointed in what I saw he did he did get two blocks he is like crazy ridiculous long but in the same vein as kind of Rashawn Holmes like doesn't really know where to be and the shooting ability, like, I, I think he's a legit shooter. 
but he didn't really show it this game. It, it's it's an interesting. It, it will be an interesting trade season if the King do decide to trade for him. maybe a change of scenery will be good for him. But yeah, overall, just kind of did, didn't do anything out there. And like when he did play like meaningful minutes, and just didn't really do anything out there. Just kind of looked lost to me. So, you know, an interesting trade candidate to kind of keep an eye on. But, uh, but with this game, I don't know, man. All right, so the Kings' next two games will be against Houston. Now, Houston is undoubtedly a bad team. They were basically, they're basically tank. They're tanking for Wembenyama. Let's call it what it is. <laughs> they, however, the other part is that they're playing a lot of young guys. They're trying to develop, which you know, a lot of draft nerds like wet dream, like just playing young guys and letting them throwing them into the fire and just having them learn and then you lose and then you get a better draft pick. Just the biggest wet dream for a lot of these internet draft nerds. Anyways, I I expect the Kings to be able to win these two. I would be, I, although to be to a certain extent, would not be surprised if the Kings dropped these two. If they go one and one, I think that'd be disappointing as well. But this, like the Rockets are bad. Like don't get it twisted. They got talent, though. As much as I don't like Kevin Porter Jr., he's a talented player that can explode for 30. Like, he is one of those kinds of guys where, you know, he has a really nice jump shot and can get hot. Jalen Green, still learning how to play NBA basketball, can get a little out of control, but fuck, that guy is quick and has, like, crazy, ridiculous athleticism. And, and you know, he can, he can go off. And then they have some other guys, like, that could hurt the team, like, you know, Eric Gordon, poor Eric Gordon, like he's still really good. <laughs> I just don't, it's, it's, why are the Rockets keep holding on to him? Like, what do they want <laughs> from trading him? You know, uh, like, I, I don't know what they're going for. Like, you know, one, honestly, getting a, a first round pick from, I think is really good value anyways, but I guess they're looking for more. Like, I really like Shangun. Shangun is going to be the next Sabonis. Like he, he has he, everything kind of points to him. He's a bit skinny right now, but you know, he can, he can probably like, he's in line. Like if he just kind of continues on this trajectory problem, he's set to be the next bonus. He's good. And you know, Jabari Smith, despite struggling, you, you know, he's got something and he's a good defender. So that that's going to be interesting. Like, you know, Harrison Barnes going up against him or honestly him going up against Keegan Murray, you know, but Yes, this is one of those games where I am very, very concerned that you know the Kings could end up just coming out with, with like without with a lack of urgency, with a lack of energy, and they get punked by the Rockets. But this Kings team, it's different from years of past or different from Kings of the past. They they tend to take care of business despite as of late not doing it so such a good job at that. But hey, one thing going for the Kings. Houston is not going to be on a second out of a back-to-back. So, you know, hopefully the Kings, for some reason, the Kings cannot beat teams on, on the second out of a back-to-back on, in the Golden 1 Center. It's it's an odd thing. But, yeah, so if the Kings are who I think they are, who a lot of Kings fans think they are this year, they'll take care of business against the Rockets, or they, they fucking better. <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, so, yeah, um, next one, will, next two games will be against Houston. And uh, yeah, the Kings just need to come out with the right amount of energy and, you know, just go, just honestly put them away quick or not. Well, the thing, here's what I would say. Even if the Kings go down big, they can come back because 
this this Houston team does not know how to win. That's just it's just not in their it is not in their kind of repertoire just yet. They will they don't play much defense at all, and they will let they will let the other team back in. So, you know, don't fret if they if the Kings do come out flat. They can probably turn it on the second half and come right back. We'll we'll see how it goes, but yeah, hopefully the Kings take care of business. Okay, um, that's all I have for the Kings. I will quickly kind of jump over to just some wrestling stuff. Uh, so the big news, or there's a lot of big news. Sasha Banks is in. Uh, Sasha Banks is in, or Mercedes Monet is in New Japan now. I I hate I hate her new theme by the way. But anyways, that, that that's really that, that's really cool to see Sasha be able to jump over into New Japan. Hopefully, like you know, this kind of jump starts. A, I, I honestly, I hope she goes to AEW. Um, just to kind of bolster that roster. Although I will say, just constantly just getting more and more wrestlers in AEW does not solve the root problem of Tony Khan not knowing what to do with women's wrestling. Although it wouldn't hurt to have a Mercedes Monet uh, at uh, in AEW. That'd be pretty exciting. Hell, maybe like New Japan forms a partnership with uh, WWE. Like maybe she go, maybe she shows up in the Royal Rumble. Who knows? But I thought that was really dope. Um, I. The, so the other big news, I mean, there's others, but the, the, I'm just going to talk about these two. So Vince McMahon is back, and there's a whole thing about how he came back and how he basically replaced certain people on the board of directors, all that. I, I don't I, I don't remember the details of everything. The, what I will talk about is just the ramifications of him coming back. So as it stands right now, the expectation is that he won't take over creative just yet and that's kind of what most people well most most people should be worried about like you know sure the more he's a he's a morally despicable person he like this is something that's not new we've known this for a while he is not vince is not a good person he is a, he is a cutthroat businessman who has you know questionable morals and just has done a lot of bad things in the past. So it, to a certain degree, like I get it. I get what people are saying. Like the more such a bad person should not be able to run a company, but this is not how the world works, unfortunately. Bad. I think someone said it. Bad people always end up in power and he's back in power. The So the main thing, like the, the part, the business part, I'll be honest, couldn't really care less about like stock, you know, stockholders, shareholders, board of directors, whatever. That that's you know, rich people talk, rich people bullshit. I don't, I don't care to learn enough about it, to learn too much about it, to really even look into it. the The main thing that most people should be worried about is the creative. Is Vince gonna take back over creative? And the expectation right now is that he probably won't right now there it could be there could be a possibility that he you know at some point takes back over creative and honestly sets them back to square one because you know a lot of people kind of like just honestly before he left it was an awful awful product like just storylines didn't make sense you know a lot of a lot of talented wrestlers were being you know were left rotting and catering and just you you just saw kind of just the downfall, like the the continued mental collapse of Vince McMahon. Just a guy that honestly is just old and just should retire, but 
his ego, his just his, he doesn't know anything else. He's not going to retire. And, you know, you just, you just saw kind of just him slowly losing his goddamn mind on creative. Like you just forget stuff. Storylines don't make sense. You get rematches like back in like every single week. It was a bad product. And, you know, Triple H, you know, it's not been perfect has basically like put the product on the right track and storylines make a lot more sense. There's a lot more interest in the product with, you know, like old NXT guys coming back. Now how they've worked out is kind of a mixed bag for the most part, but it's he's made things very interesting. He's put them on a the right path. The product itself is a lot better. Hell, the share, like if you want to talk about it, the stock price has been rising. And a lot of that is because Triple H has been in charge. They, they like that entire team, Nick Khan, like 70, man, they've done good. And now Vince is going to come back and probably throw a wrench into all that. Like, yeah, it's some bullshit. Like at a certain point, Vince is just, he, he's going to, he will, you know, he's not going to, he's not going to relinquish WWE until the day he dies. And he is going to take this company down with him. But before he before he lets anything else happen to the company, it is what it is, and it's unfortunate because the king, the kings, the WWE was on was on the right track to just you know to continue becoming better and just become a better product and maybe even kick down some forbidden doors like they had the Carl Ander, Anderson stuff and like there was even some speculation like New Japan and WWE could form a relationship that is probably gone now just because. With Vince handling the business side of stuff, I'd highly doubt he's willing to work with other people, um, other other companies and stuff like that. So it's just it, it's it, it's a bit disheartening if you're a wrestling fan. Hey, there is a chance, like you know, maybe you know it doesn't affect the creative side at all, and just creative just goes on the way it is. I doubt it, <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. Sometimes. It's his company. He can do whatever the hell he wants with it. If he wants to run into the ground, he can run it into the ground. And, you know, just watch the show as it happens, I guess. Um, that Yeah, that's all That's all my thoughts about the uh, about the Vince McMahon return. Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting few months. 2023 is off to an incredible start, to be honest. Like, last year was absolutely insane with, like, Brawl Out, Vince McMahon retiring. Um, didn't the XFL happen? Like Vince McMahon was in a match earlier in the year. It was an insane year and 23 or 2023 looking to be even crazier in the wrestling world. So stay tuned folks. Okay. Uh, that's all I have on my docket. Uh, well, good thing the Kings got to win this game because I was going to go crazy had they lost to Orlando, but Hey, they won this one. So let's just enjoy it. All right. Like the beam. Enjoy your guys' nights, and I will catch you guys back after the Houston game on Wednesday.